You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Come on, somebody say the Lord is good. Well, I'm so grateful you all came out to get saturated on Labor Day weekend. Glory to God. Look at y'all. I was sitting over there worshiping with y'all. I'm like, I love these people. I love these people. I like getting together with you. Amen. So, no, whenever the Lord makes me go somewhere else, and I do mean he makes me, because I'd rather be here with you anytime. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we, I just love being with you. Um, the Lord is in this room. Jesus is in this room. I'm so grateful for the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. So along with waking up with what are we doing around here? Are we winning? Yes. Come on, somebody say, I always win. I always win. And when I get done winning, I win again. Why? Because I'm born again. Amen. And I'm in Christ and I always win. So as I was sitting there, then I began to walk around. Kind of my habit is I began to walk around my room and um, around the living room and the dining room and the foyer and the kitchen, little circle. And I pray in the Holy Ghost. And I was praying in the Holy Ghost, getting ready. And, you know, I just want to say this. Some of you are new to Bible Institute. So Bible Institute 1 and 2 and School of Ministry is in here. Some of you may be new to Bible Institute and maybe you don't attend our church. <gasps> Welcome to Cornerstone. <laughs> okay. And so this is who we are. And uh, we're a Holy Ghost church and a word church. And so one of the things that we want you to do, not only go to Bible Institute and get the word, is we want you to get the move of the Spirit. Because the Holy Ghost is very important. And he's the one that inspired holy men of old to write the word. And he, the third person of the Trinity, uh, is in you, but he also manifests himself. And so I want you to see him manifest himself. And uh, we, of course, do this on saturation meeting. But he's always free to move anytime he wants to. Sunday mornings are not usually that way. Uh, but because we teach the word and we grow people up, because I'm a pastor, and that's the chief role of the pastor's anointing is to grow people up with the word. So it's not always going to be running around the room and, you know, laying on a hand. But the Holy Ghost always moves on Sunday morning here. The gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And, and this is his church. Last time I looked, Jesus was still the head of the church. And the Holy Ghost doesn't do anything independently from Jesus. So if the head of the church wants something done, then we in the church have to pay attention. So that's what we endeavor to do. And then, you know, Wednesdays, we, you know, we, we relax a little bit. And, um, you know, everybody can't come on Wednesdays. But we just, we, we tend to, we follow the Holy Ghost and we do other things in. But saturation means, so for those of you, this is your first one in Bible Institute. Welcome uh, to um, Cornerstone, to uh, what we do. And I want you to get it, all right? And so what we do is we just follow the Holy Ghost. We worship. And then... Um, <clears throat> Usually, almost always, he gives me something from the word. Even if I don't give you a sermon, I'm giving you the word because you can't have a, a consistent flow of the Holy Ghost without the word of God. I mean, um, you, you have to have, he's elevated his word even above his name. So the word's always important. And so when I, so I was praying, I said all that to say I was praying. And then um, King David came to heart. And so King David's one of my favorite people. When I think of King David, when I always think of him, I think of a man after God's own heart. You know? Um, how many know he wasn't a perfect man, though? He, he sinned, but he repented. 
And yet, you know, um, so there were some things, and I was thinking about David, but I went clear back. And um, <clears throat> we have the Mighty Men's Conference coming up, um, not this weekend, but next weekend. So all the mighty men in the room, you know, please come. We're going to have a great time. We minister to men. Um, you know, we are able to say things and do things we wouldn't do necessarily in a church service. So all the mighty men need to come. It's going to be fun. We're going to have pizza on Friday night. Well, y'all might have pizza. I'll just have the toppings. And so, but we're going to, we're going to do that. And, um, you know, we're going to have fun. And then we're going to get, we're going to pray together. And then we're going to, um, the next day we're going to, we're going to eat again. That's what we do, and and then we're gonna have we're gonna eat the word because that's gonna be good, and then we're gonna eat again, and then we're gonna have some more word, hallelujah. And in the middle of that, we might uh, we're gonna fellowship and and, and stuff. But uh, we call our men's group um, and the conference Mighty Men. So I took back to a time that I think it was um, the first one over at Joe Wheeler, and um, I ministered a sermon about the cave of Adullam. And so I, that came up in my heart today about the cave of Adullam. But it went, first it went to, um, I threw my coat, didn't I? Where's my coat? Who has my coat? I think, can I have my readers out of it? Where'd my coat go? When did that happen? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's do this. Turn with me to 2 Samuel 23. Now, I usually only mention one of these guys, but I want you to see this. These guys is a, is a small list, not a complete list, but a small list of David's mighty men. 2 Samuel 23, 8 through 12. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tacmonite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino, the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800. Come on. I started to say, come on, man. But uh, men and ladies, um, one against 800. That ain't bad. That'll make any TV movie or a movie at the theater look, that dude, nothing. This guy, one guy, 800. How many know the Bible does not exaggerate? So this one man with a spear, man, he was probably twirling it and everything. I mean, ooh and ooh and oh, that was, man, I want to see the replay. Mm. That's going to be better than any movie whom he slew at one time. 800, you dead. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. That's unfortunate. The son of Dodo, the, uh, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the Israel were gone away. So we got Eleazar, the son of Dodo. He defied the Philistines, an army that was gathered together. It doesn't give the amount, but, a, but a, the army. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. So he had a sword and he held on to that sword until his hand clave into the sword. And the Lord, everybody say the Lord, wrought a great victory that day. Everybody say, I always win. And the people returned, oh sure, 
the people returned for the spoil. And after him was my hero Shammah, the son of Agi the Heretite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But, everybody say but. He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. And slew the Philistines and the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Lord. Wrought a great victory. And we could go on and on. But listen, so these were just three of these mighty men. And you look at them. One dude killed 800. You got another guy taking on an army. And then you've got Shammah who sat in the middle of the black-eyed peed patch. And he said, not this year and not today. Amen. Wesley, someday I'm going to get a t-shirt. Anyway, and so what happened was that, that the Lord came upon all of them. Because you can't do this on your own. You're not going to win unless you have the Lord's help. You can't win alone. You can't do mighty things for God. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't do this on your own. But these men were trained by somebody. These men were trained by somebody because I want you to look out, look at how they all started. Because these, these were all mighty men, but they didn't start out as mighty men. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 22, 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. I don't know if it was an actual cave or more like a fortress, but they went to the place called the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down to him. Now, what are they hearing about? David was a young man. Anybody remember David? He did what for his father? He took care of the sheep. Right? He was the youngest, and he was out taking care of the sheep. And how many you know later he said when a, when, a, when a lion and a bear came, what did he do? He protected them. So David is off taking care of the sheep, but he's a man of humility. He's a man of honor. He's a man of obedience. Because most people, if a little lamb was being taken by a bear or a lion, they'd say, sorry. They wouldn't do it. It's a little lamb. But he took the orders from his father very seriously, and he watched over. He was a true shepherd protecting the sheep. Now, what do we also know about David? You know, you think about him and I think about him as the king, the anointed one. But can I tell you that David's life was probably not an easy one. This is what I know. When the prophet came, when Jesse came, daddy left him in the field. You, talk, you know, today that would need therapy. My daddy don't love me. My brothers took the cue from my daddy and they treated me. You don't think those brothers got that on their own, do you? I don't know why they mistreated him. Don't raise your hand if you got brothers and sisters that are honorary to you. Brothers and sisters can be the most jealous of people. Not rooting for you to win. But everybody say, I win. Because remember what happened when David went up to the battlefield to bring his brothers some cheese. 
right? And some bread. What happened? What, what, did, the old, what did Eliab say? Why, what are you doing up here? Right? What did you come to see? And David says, is there not a cause? Do you remember that? Where did they get that from? Where did they get that from? I believe they probably got that from dad. They probably got that from his dad. His dad kept him out there. He let his brothers talk to him that way. Um, I believe that's probably why he could take the berating of Saul so easily. Unfortunately, he was prepared for it. But you see, God looks past your heartache and your hurt. When David was in his mother's womb, he was ordained to be king. And all that God did to train him, I believe that David was a man after God's own heart while he was a little shepherd boy, 15, 16 years old. I don't know how this personal relationship happened, but it happened. He played a harp. I don't know if he had his harp out there to, uh, you know, sing the, the sheep to sleep. He didn't just start psalms and doing psalms, all the psalms we have, just when he became king. He's doing this all his life. He was anointed from a youth to play, to sing, to write. So while he was out shepherding the sheep, God was dealing with his heart. God was preparing him. And so this man was a man of honor and integrity when he was a teenager. Come on, I'm looking for somebody, some teenagers. I'm looking for some young adults. Hallelujah. With their hat on backwards to lead's prayer. It's a good look, Chad. It was a good look. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm looking for some teenagers. I'm looking for some young adults to be like David, to stand up and lead and guide. Now, it says they all came down to the cave of Adullam, right? And uh, when they came, they came to follow somebody, not a king. He wasn't king yet. He may have been anointed to be king, but they didn't come to follow him because he was a king. Everybody likes to follow a giant killer. Everybody likes to follow a winner. Everybody likes to follow a giant killer. That's why I followed Jesus. That's why I followed Jesus. Because he's a giant killer. He destroyed the works of the devil. Now, he made me, wasn't that big of a giant, but he got him. He got him. So they went down to the cave of Adullam. Now, you saw the end result of these mighty men. One killed 800. One, you know, took care of an army. One took care of a group of Philistines. Um, these men later, when... It was time to build the temple. They were given money after money after money. But they didn't start that way, did they? They didn't start that way. Um, it says in verse 2, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, 
and everyone that was discontented. So David didn't gather mighty men. He gathered the distressed, those in debt, and the discontented. Good. And he didn't gather one or two of them. He gathered 400 of them. Woo, I'm glad that you all are not in debt. Okay, we're getting out. We're not discontented. Okay, we aren't anymore. We're not in distress. And if we are, we know how to get. Can you imagine 400 men in debt, in distress, and just flat not happy with life? And David did what? I hope, I think he hit his knees. I don't know what he did. But you know what he did? They came to follow a giant killer. They came to follow a winner. I don't think they cared about him becoming king. They may not have even known it. But when he retreated to the cave of Adullam, to that fortress, they went with him. His father's house went with him. What does that mean? I think all, all, everybody's there. Mama, daddy, the brothers. And, and he began to do what? He began to train these 400 men. Now, I could go through and teach you what he trained them, but let me just tell you some of the things he, I believe he taught them. He taught them to honor their father and mother. He taught them to honor their father and mother because of, of what I see in his life when he became king. One of the first things when he, when he got to Saul's place, one of the first things he asked for was for his mom and dad even though his dad was obviously ornery. It didn't matter to him. He had a biblical principle. I don't know where he got it from. I, I don't know if the Lord taught him it back, at, back there while he was watching the sheep. But he obviously had honor for a father God. He had honor for Jehovah. And so he honored his father and mother. How many of you know that's the first commandment with a promise? Amen. We need to teach our children to honor their father and mother. Amen. And if you're an adult and you didn't do it, find another promise and repent, but get another promise. What else did he do? I believe he taught them how to worship. Why? Because he's a worshiper. I, I believe he taught them honor because he's a man of honor. You find out later when, when he could have killed Saul. He didn't, and even when he did something uh, that was kind of contrary to let Saul know that I was here, he even felt guilty about that. He was a man of honor. He taught them honor. <clears throat> His men loved him so much that one time he made an off-the-cuff comment about uh, water in a well. Y'all remember that? And these mighty men loved him, trusted him, adored him so much, they went over enemy lines to get him some water. And when they brought it back, he was so taken with it that he wouldn't drink it that he poured it out to God for an offering because that was way too precious to drink. He taught them honor. He taught them integrity. He taught them how to serve God. He taught them about the anointing. Because listen to me, he didn't kill the lion and the bear on his own. 
Come on, have you ever seen some stupid man trying to wrestle a bear? I think I saw one time on one TV show. Well, that's just stupid. And out in the wild, I, I'm de- I always want to see a back. And when we were in Alaska, I wanted to see a grizzly. But even I want to see a grizzly from behind a gun. I mean, I don't want to see one close. I don't want to smell its breath. I don't want to know what it's been eating. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to meet a lion. You know, I always joke in India, I want to get on top of an elephant and, and see a tiger. But then I found out they can jump on top of the elephant. Maybe I don't want to do that now. <laughs> so I'm a big talker, but, you know. Um, I don't want to get to heaven and say, what? the Lord said, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, I got ate by a tiger. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he fought a lion and a bear. That's not a story. That's a fact. And he did it with the anointing. You know what else I know he taught them? He taught them about their covenant. How do I know that? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that defies the armies of the living God. He knew something about his covenant. So he taught them those things, but he taught them to win. He taught them to win. What else did he teach them? He taught them to seek God. How do I know that? Because at Ziklag, after all that mess, even when they wanted to stone him, he sought the Lord and said, what are we going to do? And the Lord said, go after them and recover all. He, they constantly saw him seek the Lord. They saw, I believe visibly, the anointing come on his life. They knew the anointing. They knew God. And they, they, they began to do what they saw him do. That's why one day, when the Philistines were coming up over the hill to steal the harvest, Manasseh, you know, uh, um, what, what do you do? Not Manasseh. Yeah, that's my other favorite guy. Uh, uh, Shammah, what do he do? He stood there knowing his covenant. He stood there probably knowing he's a giver, he's a tither. He's, this is mine. And just like David can take down a Goliath, these Philistines, the same one, they're, they're uncircumcised Philistines and they can't have my peas today. They taught, he taught them how in an old covenant to work their covenant, to receive everything that God has. Why? Because he wanted them, God wants you to win. And when you're done winning, he wants you to win again. And you always you always, I always, we always triumph. This is my victory. That word kept, an old song started going to me. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Come on, is it? Is it yours? How do you know? Because I always win. He taught them how to win. He taught these losers how to win. No, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be mean. He taught the losers how to win. Well, there's hope for me. It doesn't matter how I start, it matters how I finish. Jesus is the author. He's the beginner. He took me in a loser. And he made me a winner. 
I, I, I don't need any of you to feel sorry for me, but I hated high school. I hated it. I was never so happy to get out of there. Those were the four worst years of my life. I was five foot tall, five foot wide, a little freshman. I was picked on morning, noon, and night. I was picked on to the point that uh, it made me sick. I actually was in the hospital. I worried myself sick because I hated school so much. Wouldn't tell anybody, nobody's fault. I just wouldn't tell anybody. Um, it started to get a little better when I was a junior because I got a job at McDonald's, uh, found some new friends, but they were kind of trouble. Anyway, but, um, but, but I, I, was, I was ready to get out of there. Um, and I was backslidden. I was born again when I was 12, but it, you know, in all that mess, I, I backslid away from God. Uh, my point was, um, you know, I wasn't doing well. I felt like a loser. I was one of those, you know, last one picked for everything, except for I had some brains and I excelled at McDonald's. Now I'm asking you to feel sorry for me. I'm just telling you that it um, doesn't matter where you start. That's where you finish. Because guess what? I learned it's not about me anyway. It's about him. It's about me letting him in my life. It irritates the devil. It irritates the devil when he thinks he has you. And you get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. You start learning the word. You start figuring out who you are in Christ. You surrender yourself to him. You start walking. Oh, then you start walking in the anointing. And then you start commanding and demanding in the name of Jesus. Then you start getting people born again. Then you start laying hands on the sick. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about called to the ministry. I'm talking about being a believer. I'm talking about being a, a wrecking ball for Jesus. I'm talking about the same that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. Amen. Because I, I think the devil probably thought he had David. This beat up little kid who is a shepherd that nobody cared about, that his dad didn't think much about, but God picked him. God anointed him from his mother's womb. God, God anointed him. God used him in a most un, while he was there delivering cheese and bread. That's, is that, that's like an hors d'oeuvre, isn't it? I don't know. Just delivering cheese and bread. Heard the enemy ranting and raving. Is there not a cause? We have a covenant. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? King Saul tried to give him his armor. He said, that's not going to work for me. I know God and God will work with this. Went and got a slingshot and his smooth stones. <laughs> Goliath started yelling at him. He yelled back, don't ever let the devil have the last word. Today, I'm going to cut your head off. And I'm going to feed it to the birds. That's faith. That little boy had some faith. That future king had some faith. Not in himself, in his God. In his covenant. The God he'd sung to. The God that had inspired him. The God that helped him protect the sheep. The God that consoled him and helped him. And strengthened him. He knew God. And then even when King Saul turned on him, 
he leaned back heavy on the good God that he knew. So much so, everybody saw it on him. And they began to write songs about him. And it made the devil matter. And then even so much so made the devil matter. But, but God came to the rescue. And even King Saul's son, Jonathan, saw the anointing on David. Favor, 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 favor. What happens to you when you follow a giant killer, favor comes on you. The, the, the spirit of God is training you and I to win. Come on, the Lord, the, ooh, the, wor- the Lord and the world are is, they're, come, looking for some winners, looking for people who won't quit, looking for someone who won't give up, looking for somebody who knows their God. Those who know their God, (laughs) somebody who knows their God, who's strong, hallelujah, in the Lord and the power of his might. They they that know their God, what, they're going to be strong and they're going to do some exploits. Amen. Kill some giants. You don't even have to go. David didn't go looking for that fight. That fight came to him. He was serving cheese. (laughs) It doesn't matter where you start. Matters how you finish. I always win. Come on, I always win. I said I always win. I always win. And when I'm done, I win again. Because I'm born again, I win. Hallelujah. I win. I win. I win. I win. I win. Listen, the anointing's in this room right now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody say again, say I win. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.